0: This is your favorite podcaster, Romina, and you just tuned in to RM Podcast FL. Hey, 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 this is your favorite podcaster, Romina. Welcome back to another Tuesday episode. This is your right dosage of knowledge for the week, you guys. But before we do get started to the interview, I just want to remind you guys to go ahead and subscribe to connectwithromina.com. Romina is spelled R-O-M-I-N-A. So, connect with Romina.com. Go ahead and subscribe there, you guys, so you can make sure to stay up to date with our recent articles, with the online course, with the we are about to launch soon, as well as any awesome new episodes that are coming out since we know every Tuesday now we launch new episodes. But if you are listening from Apple Podcasts, also go ahead and give us a five star rating, as well as a short review. Tell us how awesome we are doing. And why not drop your favorite episode on the comments as well? This way, you maybe can help another new listener. Listener for RM Podcast FL, so they can go ahead and listen to your favorite episode as well. But without losing any time, let's dive into today's guest. Today's guest is Tim Ward. He is an author, a publisher, a teacher, a traveler. He's amazing, you guys. I was happy to connect with Tim a while back, and he has actually written multiple books throughout his travels in Thailand, India, China, Tibet, Greece, uh, Southern Europe, East Africa. I mean, Tim has been everywhere. But the reason why I wanted to actually bring him on the podcast is because he is creating a whole new revolution for the book publishing world, you guys. Uh, through Changemakers of John Hunt Publishing, he's actually launched the Resilient series and the Resetting Our Future series just within 2020. I know 2020 has been a little bit crazy, but what Tim does is that he gets all these masterminds together and has the authors write a book within a month and then publish it. I mean, that's crazy. Typically takes about 10 months to a year to publish a book, but he gets these masterminds together and actually is able to put out the information out there to help the readers. So I will attach all the information for the Resilient series, as well as for Resetting Our Future series, so go ahead and make sure you give that a look, you guys, and definitely read the books. I've had the chance to read multiple books from Resetting Our Future and multiple books from the Resilient series as well, and they are very easy, great read, you retrieve a lot from it, it's just a one-day read, and you can use it as a study guide later too. I don't want to spoil the episode more, I definitely want you guys to enjoy it, so I don't have anything else to say, but enjoy! Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in to RM Podcast FL. Yes, this is your favorite podcaster, Romina. And as always, I'm super duper hyper. But today's episode is going to be awesome. Today we have Tim Ward. Hi, Tim. How are you today? Hi,
1: Romina. I'm really great.
0: Awesome. Well, I feel like I'm kind of infecting you with my energy because I'm going like 100 miles an hour here. But I'm excited about today. Uh, First, I want to thank Dr. Glav for introducing us together i mm-hmm. uh, glad you guys glad episode you guys have been on the on the show since August and he was very nice to introduce me to some more awesome people, which I'm super excited for. But I'll be quiet for a moment. I'm gonna pass on the mic to you. Tim, if you want to tell us a little bit about yourself, young you to today, and tell us how awesome you are.
1: <laughs> okay, thanks, Romina. So I'm the publisher of Changemakers Books and I'm author also an author myself of more than of, of ten books and counting. And I got into publishing originally because I saw how many great authors that I knew of were really struggling in finding a way to make it in in publishing. And uh, often if you're, for most people, it's just hard to get in the door. Uh, But then even if you're in the door, publishing can often be a very impersonal process and authors don't get treated Really, as 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 people, and often their books get mangled in the in the in the process. So, really, as an author, when I was given an opportunity to take take on creating my own imprint, I jumped at the chance, and I've been able to build up a great. Um, group of authors who really like to work with me. And part of the reason they like to work with me is, I really know what it's like to be in their shoes. I know what it's like to be screaming into the phone at your publisher in tears because of <laughs> decisions they've, they've made. And um, uh, it's been a fabulous way for me to meet great, smart, uh, visionary, visionary people. The imprint I created is called Changemakers Books. And it's an imprint all about transformation, both personal transformation, so there's a a spiritual and a psychological and a self-development side to it, and social transformation, so it's how to make your world a better place as, as well. And these books have led me into some really great minds, which I just delight in sharing with my readers.
0: I mean, I would only assume, like, if you read one book, you learn so much more. But even dealing with, like, masterminds or dealing with hundreds or thousands of other people, just even getting the chance what they have to write, you, like, have, like, a compartmentalized, like, you know, knowledge right now. It's like this and this and this and this and every book that you read, I bet.
1: Absolutely. And <laughs> I was born with a curious mind. Uh, and, and, boy, this really just feeds my, uh, my, my curiosity.
0: I think... As a as a person that has a curious mind, too, it's a little bit dangerous because it never stops working. You always want to know the why, the what, the where, but how, but who. So you'll just, it's that student mentality just never stops, I feel like. Is it the same yeah, for you?
1: Exactly. And so imagine the thrill um, uh, to be able to uh, contact experts and say, you know, I really want to learn a lot more about this thing that you're an expert in. Would you write a book for me? <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my goodness. To my
1: surprise, people say yes.
0: <laughs> well, since we're talking about the series, um, I do know that it's a through, with an imprint of John Hunt Publishing. And yeah. I got a chance to run into the Resilient series, which I think the timing for the publishing of it was just perfect because I joke about it. I say, if you we were to tell people last year, like we would be living the lives that we are this year, we'd all be like, uh, yeah, you're funny but here we are. And I'm amazed to how resilient people are and how flexible we are. And you putting all this masterminds together to be like, Hey, this is what's happening in the world. I need you to write me a book about this, about this, about this. How did you go at the process of connecting masterminds and making sure kind of everybody's mission is somehow aligned with one another and just flowing that information out there that is very beneficial for us nowadays.
1: Sure. Thanks Romina. So, um, when the pandemic first hit, and we were going into lockdown, I realized two things. First of all, I realized that I was going to go crazy, because almost all of uh, my communications work shut down, obviously. Uh, and to keep me from obsessing about the news, I found this great creative outlet. Um, my publisher was the one, John, John Hunt, first put out the idea that perhaps we could put a book out there to help people better cope with this pandemic that is ruining so many lives. So I took that idea and ran with it. His idea was we could publish these books quickly. So I started contacting people in my networks and I thought, well, I'll contact a dozen and see if maybe two or three wanted to write a book. So I contacted a, a dozen people who I was connected with already, mm-hmm. either as authors or as people that I knew who were um, thinkers. And to my surprise, 10 of them wrote back and said, yes, <laughs> I'll, I'll do a book. So suddenly we had the opportunity to put out a whole series. And so I created this series, Resilience Books, and asked each of the authors to focus on the portion of resilience that was their specialty. So for example, um, Gleb Spursky, who uh, has been a previous guest on your show, he wrote a book called Adapt and Plan for the New Abnormal which is, how can we take our skills at planning and adapting and apply it to this place where the future is so uncertain? Somebody else who um, was working on a book for me on uh, depression is an expert on anxiety. He wrote a book called Handling Anxiety in a Time of Crisis. Someone else who leads nature walks and has done forest bathing uh, workshops. He wrote a book called Connecting with Nature in a Time of Crisis. So each of these people put their expertise down. What I did is I said, this has got to be written fast. I gave them mm-hmm. three weeks to finish their books. And they were supposed to be short. They were only supposed to be 70, 80, maximum 100 pages. And then, you know, I just drove these <laughs> these folks. They had to get a draft of me. I gave them notes. They revised their draft. And then we got it into our publishing system. Well, normally it takes about three months to put a book through publication. I made these poor folks in the publishing uh, in inside our company, work like, like, like dogs to get it and <laughs> to get it done. And people were turning around their task of editing the books, or copy editing, or doing the the, the design in a day. It would normally take them uh, like a week or so because they'd get at it in bits and pieces. But they would just start it, finish it, boom, done in a day. So really, within six weeks, we went from the concept to finished print ready books. And by uh, May, the books are available. We started in March. The books are out there in May and have really um, helped a lot of people. We've had some great feedback from this uh, this this series and giving them the skills they need to really get on the horse, either to better cope with it themselves or to ex- extend themselves to others in in ways that are really helpful or simply to communicate in this crazy new environment that're we're, that we're in.
0: Absolutely. It was was an exhilarating
1: experience for everyone involved.
0: Well, I remember Glab did mention, he said, my publisher reached out to me, says, hey, I need you to write me a book about this. He said, it happened so fast within that six-week span time. He said, I don't even know how we made it work. So when we (laughs) connected, you're like, oh, you know, I'm the publisher. I was like, yes, perfect. So let's talk about this. How did you make these people get the work done in six weeks? when the whole world, it's like so much noise, so much distraction. Like, how do you even... You know, how, what do you even do to keep that ego yeah. focused? Like, that's yeah. a lot.
1: Yeah. And, you know, to the credit of every one of the authors, they recognized the urgency and the need that, that people had and still have. I mean, we're going into a really bad time this winter, and these books are there now to help people get through it. Um, the guy who was the anxiety expert put it really well. He said, you know, I've been dealing with high anxiety all my life. Mm-hmm. But guess what? Now, everybody has high anxiety. So my specialized skill suddenly is something that a lot of people need. Yeah, And so everybody was writing out of this powerful sense of motivation. They knew they had the expertise and they knew that they could get it down. And, uh, uh, you know, what was really interesting is writing a book is such a solitary experience, but I made this a team effort for them it was really like we're all you know in a row in a rowboat and i'm the the, the coxswain who's sort of yelling out the time everybody's put, pulling on their oars um and they they all did it and because they knew each other was working so fast they kept at it together Met accountability yeah you know c- taking author taking book writing and turning it into a team sport was really um, unique and and john hunt the, my, my boss who backed me on this also said he doesn't think this is ever been done before you know occasionally you can put out a single book quickly like yeah. if a politician writes a tell-all or, or something but to do a whole series that fast is really um, somebody even said you should connect to the guinness book of world records because you i don't should. think it's ever been done done before
0: that would be pretty amazing actually you definitely yeah. should do that
1: well i i might but I, i'm a busy guy and i don't know
0: <laughs> i know <laughs> I know, especially, especially for the curious ones again, you guys, like we try to yeah. like as much organized as we try to stay like sometimes we're just like, like my dad was yelling at me the other day. He's like, you need to take a day off. Like it's been like three weeks. You're like nonstop working. So they left me alone on Saturday, and they're like, hey, how was your relaxing day? And I was like, "I oh, that still works. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's not working like that. <laughs> but since we're talking about the Resilience Series, you guys, I actually just got this in the mail from Carlos dapana This is one of the books as well. Carlos will be on the podcast, so make sure to stay tuned for that. But the Resilient Series is not the only series, Tim, that you've put out there. You're actually putting the Resetting Your Future Series, which I got the pleasure to actually be on some of the meetings with the authors and I have to say as an outsider that it was the first time for me to even get introduced to the series or even learn about what the big mission is for you guys one thing is that I found interesting is that all the authors are successful consultants or business people that also look at things from a business perspective and for for you know for the humanitarian perspective long term. So tell us a little bit more about the Resetting Your, Your Future series. What is the bigger purpose of it?
1: Yes. So just as resilience was to help people cope mm-hmm. with getting through the crisis, Resetting Our Future looks beyond the crisis. And it hit me, really when we were wrapping up this, this first series, it hit me that this pandemic is like a big jolt, the whole global economic engine all of our lives came to a shuddering halt and we've been going ahead in fits and spurts but what the future will be like is still un- unknown and i realized that you know a lot of things have been going wrong for us right we know climate change is on the horizon we know inequality is making it harder and harder for people to live a decent life. We know that there's been racial and social injustice. It's just like exploded in this country um, over, this, over the past year. And we know that there are also huge challenges for much of the developing world in dealing with issues of pollution, of poverty, of simply having enough jobs for people to, to feed, their, feed their families. So what we ha- the track we had been on was really just heading us to a series of disasters like mm-hmm. the pandemic. So what if we took this horrible time as an opportunity to reset our own future? And instead of trying to get back to normal, we really tried to create a new world. And we took this as a once in a lifetime opportunity. Wherever you are, if you're in business or if you're in education or if you're in in health, how would you want the world to be different? Simply if you've got a job and you're raising children, but you've discovered now you're doing it mostly on, on Zoom. What's better about that? What's worse about that? So I put this call out there mm-hmm. to people who I knew um, through my professional communications part of my, my job, who I knew were pragmatic visionaries mm-hmm. who were dedicated to certain things. And again, I was just overwhelmed with the, the response. So I've now got 12 books in the series right now in total. Six of them are now either published or uh, one is on its, on its way out. And these are books that are um, dramatic. You know, the first one to get, come out was called What If Solving climate, the Climate Crisis is Simple? Simple, And it sort of shakes up everything that we think makes climate change hard to deal with and um, takes a whole new, whole new take on it. Um, and Tom got,
0: did such a great job yeah. of breaking that down to itsy-bitsy steps that you can exactly. take. Like, it's not rocket science. Like, everybody can practice it.
1: Exactly. And this was the challenge for my authors. It was, don't just give us your idea, mm-hmm. show the path. What's the path to this future? And how can we walk down that that path? So this book here, Zero Waste Living, the 80 That is way.
0: my favorite. I have yeah. to say that is my favorite so far from what I've read because it's such like, I feel guilty now. I feel like Stephanie's yelling in my ear. So I'm like <laughs> not using plastic like <laughs> bottles anymore. I'm like leveraging all like I feel like she's yelling in my ear. I have to say thanks, Stephanie.
1: Yeah. So, and it's this is it's for everybody who wants to take you know charge of the pollution that they generate in their lives, and if enough of us do that, we can make big changes. And you, you know, creating a global playbook for the next pandemic. Uh, the author here, her her message is you know, a pandemic anywhere is a pandemic everywhere. So even though our own country is grappling with, well, how do we, you know prepare for the next pandemic we have to realize we have to make this a global plan yeah right strengthening helps health systems in other countries creating good early warning systems so we don't get blindsided like we did we did
0: like yeah having like a strategic plan for the next for the next unfortunate pandemic or for yeah. the next big global blow up that is so yeah. true though and and did such a great job with that too because she's like okay this is what we're doing now let's take like the lessons and the mistakes that we've learned from the current situation or from the previous situation and let's create a playbook or our plan to do how to deal with in the future that might be 10 20 50 years later she did such a great job with it too i would all my listeners, take a moment, you know, definitely click on the link on, on the show notes. I know if you're being lazy, it's just a click away, you guys. Uh, but definitely I would suggest it because these books are not super loaded books, are easy reads, like a one-day read. You know, if you want a day to yourself or instead of like watching a documentary or something, just read this book because it's a lot of great information. Yeah. Like highly, highly suggested to you. Th-
1: thank you so much, Ramina. And I will say this is another thing that I said to all of my authors was hard on them you know, people think of writing a book and they think two, 300 pages. I said, no, nope. so just strip it down. So many books that I read, they're just padded, right? There's maybe if you're lucky, 50 pages of information in a 300 yeah. page book. So look at these, mm-hmm. right? Like you say, you can read these in, in, yeah. in a day in three, four, three, four hours. And you it's just, it's just the essentials that you need to know.
0: That's so true though. And as a I've said this before, as a person that very much disliked books before, I used to make fun of people that read books. Now I'm turning into that nerdy person <laughs> that I'm like, give me a book. But honestly, though, as a person to kind of break even through their shelf, that is like, you know, New Year's is like around the corner, you guys. Like even if on your New Year goals, every like people tend to be like, read this many books or do this. Like if you start from the small ones, you don't necessarily need to really read like a 300 page book, which the information is kind of repetitive at some point, or it's too much case studies that you're just like, I feel like I'm reading three, four books within a book. just start with the small ones because we have an expression in Albania like the little worm will get in your tummy and then you just want to know more and more and more (laughs) so just start with small that's important you know small safe steps now I know you're really good at reaching out getting masterminds together but I feel like sometimes we tend to kind of skip our skills when we put the spotlight on other people so you're like the mastermind behind all this so I want my audience to know Tim a little bit more. Sure. So I know you've lived overseas, and I know you're super passionate about helping others. Uh, overseas so far, I know you lived in Thailand, China, Greece, even though I'm jealous, you're almost in Albania, very <laughs> <There> skip <is laughs> Albania. <laughs> um, how did this passion about you traveling international started? Like, tell us a little bit more, because people want to do it, but where, how did you even start to do that?
1: Ah, oh, you know, um, when I was a young man, halfway through my university studies, I took a semester off and I spent seven months traveling through, through Europe. Okay. Missed Albania, so close, but missed Albania. Well, when you go, actually, you have to. It tell wasn't a very me. open place at that time. I will, I will, I'll get there.
0: It's okay. We can add that on the list still.
1: But I discovered, as a rather naive young man, uh, that there were so many different ways of living and mm-hmm. although i thought i had a good sense of what the world is like i realized that the lens that i saw the world through was just one of many possible lenses and um i was threatened by that I, it just made me really like go wow look how different the world looks to these different people and i became really interested in listening to people in trying to understand how the world looked from their point of view. And once you start doing that, wow, the the world just explodes with possibilities. Reading is also a great way to do that. You don't necessarily have to go to other countries and see people and meet them, but because you can you can read about those things in in so many, so many books or sharing these days on online. But I just love going and living in these other countries and seeing how people live there every day lives. And I'd often get invited home and I'd live with people sometimes, or I'd become friends and they'd invite me over there to their their places. I, I learned how to speak like half a dozen languages very, very poorly.
0: You know, you just know the basics, the high and high and how to order exactly. food and you're good.
1: Exactly. You know, and uh, I still remember a German uh, German student that I met when I was traveling there who taught me a really important lesson about learning languages. I was trying to get so much German vocabulary and he finally said, Tim, enough. Okay, how do you say um, to, uh, to eat? And I said, Essen. Okay, how do you say to drink? I said, Trinken. He said, good. How do you say love? And I said, Lieben. He said, that's enough. You don't need to know any more German.
0: <laughs> the only thing I know in German is uh, ich, bisch Romina. I can't say that. That's about it. There you
1: go. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, then later on I, I went and I traveled in Asia and I spent two years just going around the different, the different parts of, uh, of that magnificent world and it, it changed me really deeply. It both exposed me to severe poverty but also exposed me to you know, other ways of, of thinking and really other religions that I didn't encounter in in Europe, you know, to Islam, to Buddhism, to Hinduism, to different forms of Chinese Taoism, uh, Shintoism in, in Japan. And I just saw how wide this, the possible ways of being human are. And um, also I I think I, I touched the possible energy that one has in, in life. And I think one of the driving Things in my life has been that a human being contains an incredible amount of, of energy. And an idea is almost like a nuclear reaction. An idea can spread just like atoms, you know, spreading in a nuclear reaction. An idea can spread from mind to mind to mind and has the potential to change the world. And if you can unleash that power in somebody, then you can create really significant change. And if you bring two people together that, you know, have complementary powers and create sort of a nuclear fusion, then you can really create massive amounts of change. So I see humans as like the the, the most powerful energy source on the planet. And I'm so fortunate that my work is basically about unlocking those energy sources.
0: That's amazing. Uh, Honestly, though, I'm a little jealous that you got to travel so much, but also I admire it because at least, like, I'm Albanian. Yes, I visited other countries. And in America, I've, like, been half of America pretty much just road tripping. But, like, even, like, let's take America itself. Like, I see how life, for example, is different in New York, different in Texas, different in California. And it's just mm-hmm. within one country. But not even imagining from country to country, you feel like you're learning new lessons, It's a whole new culture. And it's just adding more to your bucket, you know, that curious mind again. But you're kind of, like... Filtrate. Okay. Like this is Romina or this is Tim. Like I've learned a hundred information. I really love two or three of this. So I'm going to apply this two or three. Like you add your resources and then you can choose whichever one makes you feel better or makes you feel like you're going to, like, you know, it's going to be the best for you. So I don't know about you, but if I can give one, one advice to people, it would be please travel. Well, not right now. Like right now, we're like a whole different <laughs> stage. But <laughs> you, you even connect with others, like through LinkedIn, people don't leverage LinkedIn enough. And I get mad when I tell people like open LinkedIn, you guys. One thing, if I yeah. can like insist on in your mind to put on 2021 goal, at least like open a LinkedIn account and just like talk to people. How is their everyday life like in Germany? in England, in China, in Africa, like in Turkey or like different countries. Like it's, it's crazy to think we all live in one world, but like in one, yeah, one earth, in earth, but so different. And we shudder ourselves and we don't, we don't, we're not open-minded sometimes to, you know, to see further.
1: That's so true. And Hey, I I will, I will take a leaf out of your, your, your notes right there. Um, just talk with another american because americans right now feel very divided and that's because we don't really know each other and if we could know each other we might discover that there are a lot of values and a lot of experiences we have in common and we might be able to find our way back to each other
0: that that is very true i mean it is november mid-november that we're recording this interview and that is very true 11 years in america i never seen america this divided at least I would say the last five to six years, I've been more Americanized, I would say, like kind of getting adapted to the lifestyle and kind of, you know, not being more exposed to the American culture, I would say. And yeah, I'd never seen America this divided, unfortunately. And it's something sad to see because I'm like, come on, guys, like we're all let's just talk and, you know, be happy together. But it's not a thing, unfortunately. Now, Tim, I did want to ask you a question because you also wrote a bunch of books yourself. Yeah, uh, which to me, just writing a book, like just even writing an article to me, sometimes is a little draining. But if you're passionate about something like articles that I write that I'm super passionate about, I'm like all in. And you really love putting your thoughts in paper, as we can tell. But one of the books that I found the most mesmerizing out there, a little bit different is Arousing the Goddess. Tell me a little bit more about that book. <laughs>
1: So when I was in India, uh, studying hard, spending time at Buddhist monasteries and ashrams, I went to a Buddhist conference. And there I met a woman who was doing her PhD in Buddhist studies. And I think really for the first time in my life, I fell in, fell in love. It was one of those horrible things where whenever I met her, I could hardly speak. I felt like I sounded like a, an an, an idiot. And I um, didn't expect this. I didn't want this. I fought this internally. And in the end, I asked her if she'd like a research assistant. And I said, I'd be happy to travel around India. She had to go to all the sites in India where there were certain Buddhist, Buddhist statues were were found. And she said, yes. And so we traveled together and the, much of the book is about our travels, but it's also about basically some very strange tantric, sexual experiences that we had uh, and trying to come to terms with that, but also coming to terms with what it was to be a young person and finding love and this sort of chemical, physical thing going on. That was really beyond my, my, my explanation. Um, I, I can only say that the challenge as a writer here was, Do you be able to write about experiences that were not just erotic, but that were outside the norm of what you would think of Mm -hmm. in in North America? Uh, My mother was tremendously embarrassed that I wrote this this book. She used to joke that she sold more of my copies of my book than anybody else because she, people would say, oh, I understand Tim's written a new book. And she said, yes, but don't read chapter four. they call her back and say, what was that chapter you didn't want me to read again?
0: <laughs> Can not we do a book study on chapter four? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, first off, I had no idea about that. I just ran through all of them. And I don't know the cover of that book. It just kind of just got my attention a little bit yeah. more. But question. Yeah. Because writing such personal stories or writing, being that open, it's not easy. Being vulnerable, it's not easy. Where did you find the courage or did you have help like holdbacks or little things that you're like, Oh, maybe I shouldn't write this. How, like, where did you find the courage and how good did you feel once you let it out?
1: Yeah. Well, um, so more than one reader of the advanced copies of that book basically said, Oh my God, Tim TMI. And I finally realized that my name T I M is an acronym is a, an anagram with TMI. And, Perfect. Uh, but here's here's what I here's why I decided to do this, and, and my other books have followed this as a pattern. I'm not like a mastermind mm-hmm. at any particular kind of philosophy or yoga or anything like that. But I am the best person who knows my experience, and I felt that when I went to strange lands and when I had experiences that were really outside of the norm, the best thing I could do would be to write about it as truthfully and faithfully as possible so that readers could then make their own minds up uh, about it. So I don't try to pass myself off as an expert in these, in these books, but I do try to share the experience fully. And in this book, it was really challenging because it Mm didn't mean sharing the physical and sexual and spiritual dimension of this road of, of this, of this road trip. And um, it's not easy to write about this stuff
0: mm-hmm. personally
1: and and vulnerably. And uh, fortunately, I also do it humorously. That's, I think, one of the the things that I also have brought to my, my books, which were about travel and, and spirituality. Uh, I really don't take myself too seriously. And that is probably the redeeming quality of what otherwise could be kind of uh, <laughs> heavy at times. Um I don't I don't think we
0: should all like we should take ourselves seriously too because yeah, exactly. we end up so, being like mannequins, like yeah. just
1: yeah just
0: free flow, you know, try exactly. to be as free flow as possible.
1: Exactly. So almost every book I read about personal experience is basically a comedy.
0: <laughs> including
1: <laughs> including this one, which does have some um, some funny scenes. <laughs> It. So, uh, But but it was, cha- it was a challenging book to read, too, because mm-hmm. it takes people outside of what they would expect in relationships. And then it also takes a look at, you know, imagine having a wonderful relationship. You're terribly in love with somebody, what you're wandering through places of, of terrible and desperate poverty. Uh, and we were actually in India during the assassination of Indira Gandhi. So I also write about what it was like to have the whole country go crazy. You know, People were being dragged off cha- trains if they were Sikhs and had turbans on, they were being dragged off trains and shot in the wake of her assassination by, by Sikh uh, terrorists. So it was, uh, I was in a shoot on site curfew lockdown for more than a, uh, than, than a week. It was uh, dangerous. Goodness. Yeah.
0: I, I feel like, honestly, I feel like this interview, we got to see the business, Tim. We got to see the publisher, Tim. We got to see the, you know, wanting to help out and raise the voice, but we also gotta see the Tim personally. Like I really like it because we kind of touch different different phases. And this is and this is what it takes to my audience. Like I say learn at least one new thing per episode, you guys, but it's super important to just be you throughout everything. Like don't try to keep a facade or don't try to do this. Like just be you like you have different areas or different branches that you specialize on or you're good at. So just explore, you know, just put yourself out there. I love this. And, um, my last question before we go to the two awesome questions, I call them awesome. Cause I make the questions up, but we'll just stick with them. And for you, my listeners, I know I'm really dorky and really hyper all the time, but if you guys want to actually see our pretty faces, remember now we're actually doing video podcasts too. So YouTube connect with Romina.com or Facebook you can definitely go ahead and look at this interview live. And you can see that I actually put on makeup for you guys today. Yay. And Tim is looking really good, too. So, yes, you guys are welcome. But <laughs> um, tell me a little bit more because you put series out there. You are a publisher of uh, over 100 books. You, uh, like, you're very passionate about putting advice and putting help and resources out there for others. Where do you find this passion? On? like, how, like how, What kind of satisfaction does it give you? for somebody to be like, hey, I read the book from the series you published and I got this uh, out of it. Like, tell me a little bit more about it.
1: You know, um, my, my first book did did quite well. And uh, it was called What the Buddha Never Taught. It was about life living in a Buddhist monastery where half the monks were Westerners, half were, were, um, were, 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 were Thais. And some of the feedback I got, including some, some letters, was by people saying how the book really touched them and some even saying that this book changed their life. And that's an incredible gift for an author to hear that from, from somebody. And it made me realize that this is one of the things that is possible in books, that people's lives can be changed by the, the marks we put down on a piece of paper or, or the, the pixels on a, on a screen. And when you think about it, that's just like a phenomenal thing that I can etch something and you look at those etchings and it means something to you that may change the course of your life. Mm -hmm. People may decide to switch their careers or um, make other big, big decisions. Um, Who do they love? What do they, what do they do? And I found that that power is something I not only have enjoyed in my own books, but I really want to spread that, to others and so working with authors to give them a chance to change other people's lives to me it's just like one of the most creative things i have the the opportunity to do and in a sense it's kind of like being a, a gardener but you get to plant these amazing exotic flowers which then feed bees and birds and and everybody who comes to those flowers a whole gets,
0: ecosystem exactly like you i love i love that parallelism I love that parallelism. Like, I think that's like one of my favorites. You create a garden and and like you create a whole thing. Yeah. I love that. Sorry for cutting you off, but I just really got excited because I'm like, I can totally see it visionary here. You know, when you talk, like I I paint pictures in my head, but that is, that is really awesome though. And to get such a compliment, like what Buddha never taught, like that to get such a compliment from, from a book, that is amazing, and that's what motivates you to keep writing and keep putting more stuff exactly. out there. Exactly,
1: and I will add one last thing. When you put something out there as a, as a writer, you, you set off an unpredictable chain of events. Who knows how the world may change because of how you've inspired people. Um, I have one strange story from that first book, What the Buddha Never Taught. It got picked up and is taught... Uh, by um, Buddhism 101 teachers uh, in, in, in many places. And one of the teachers not only teaches it, but he got obsessed by the book. So obsessed that he asked my permission a few years ago, if he could turn it into a musical comedy, <laughs> <What>? <laughs> which he's now like, they've now got a complete score They're They're just waiting for COVID to be finished. And then they're going to do the first live um, live production. Uh, you know, I never would have thought this book, which, you know, Frankly, doesn't have much of a plot, could be turned into something. It's basically like the Buddhist Book of Mormon. Because <laughs> so you just put it out uh, there,
0: but everybody's brains kind of works differently. Exactly. It's kind it's, of amazing to see yeah. how that like twists or. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Now, yeah. I, I know we have a lot of things going on, you know. Uh, <laughs> knowing you so far, I don't think you ever just sit down and don't do nothing. Highly doubt it. But what would be if it can be like one of your biggest things to let the audience with would be like, go to this website or do this or do this. What would be like the biggest thing that you can tell them to do right now?
1: Oh, well, I I think the reset series as it's coming out is really worth exploring. And that is resettingourfuture.com, resettingourfuture.com or resilience-books.com. Those two websites will take you into both of those. Both of those uh, worlds.
0: Nice. And I'll go ahead and attach the information to on the show notes, you guys. And like I said, I read some of the resilient series and I've been in the meetings on the webinars with the authors for resetting your future. And if you trust me at all, or if you have a little faith in me, just go ahead and do that, please, because it's really phenomenal of what this authors have done. And some of these meetings are just amazing to be able to see like how they even got started or how they're like, breaking things down like how to solve uh climate change like you know it's not as complicated simplified little small steps super duper important so we don't overwhelm ourselves like oh this big topic's like no let's break it down let's reverse engineer it real quick oh my goodness well before i do jump to the very last question which is my favorite question also would you like to share anything else with our audience tim
1: yeah uh, we touched on this i Being human is to be a energy dynamo and it's challenging sometimes, you know, when time, when times are tougher in the middle of a pandemic, there's a lot of things we can't do. And we mostly feel about, we mostly feel constraints. And one of the best ways to flip this around and find out where you can release this tremendous energy that, you know, each of you have is not just to think about what do I want, but also to look around and see, well, what do people need? What are they, what are they lacking? Um, And see if you've got the resources inside that can fill the, the the need that's out there in, in front of you. And who knows what that's, what that's going to be. It may simply be that you are really great at making funny memes and you can make people laugh, right? Oh, we really need people who can make us laugh these days. So, you know, Find out where you can meet with what the world needs and see if there's a, there's a place in there that will create a nuclear reaction inside of you and unleash the incredible power that you've got as a person to give.
0: I love that. And I feel it's very important, especially at, you know at times like this, this is where people kind of reinvent themselves or this is where you actually highlight yourself as i was reading an article and it says a lot of people unfortunately lost jobs and i was one of them because of the pandemic but this is where those entrepreneurs or those like always had that idea i was holding it back this is where now we're exploding this is where now it's like okay i'm just gonna do it so audience listeners just go ahead and take the step take the first step even if you fail, take that lesson that you learned and take another step like this is like the biggest thing that I can tell you guys right now. Like just find that energy Dino. Like, like Tim said. It's very, very important. Thank you for, for touching that because I definitely try to say learn at least one you think per episode. So if Resilience Series or Restarting Your Future didn't match for you guys, well, guess what? Take your first step. That's another lesson you can take. We're giving you a lot of lessons within one episode. You're welcome. <laughs> now, the very last question, what is your personal definition of success?
1: I think that Aristotle got it right when he defined happiness as doing that which is in accord with your nature. So I think finding the thing which makes you feel fully alive and then finding a way to do it that brings value to other people's lives. When you've found that, that's going to be success. That's when you're really going to thrive. And I've known people who found it in the, the widest array of things, right? You know, some people have found it being a massage therapist. Uh, some people may find it, you know, being an, an accountant, right? You know, it doesn't mean you can do whatever you want. You have to do whatever you want in a way that meshes with what else is out there that the, the, the world wants. Um, but that's limitless what those those possibilities are. My My son of whom I'm immensely proud is a professional improvisational actor and his superpower is not just making other people laugh but also teaching them how to be free enough uh, to become improvisers themselves and that's a unique and powerful skill it may not be something he gets rich on Mm -hmm. that's not really the point the point isn't to get rich the point is to be able to Y- you know, let your, let your flame burn bright.
0: Nice. And that's what, that's why I really find interesting the, like, I always get different answers from the definition of success because it's everybody needs to redefine their own definition and it can change from time to time. Like you learn more, you want to change and everything. But there, and one of the biggest reasons that I ask this question is because I want the audience to learn that don't let somebody else, define your success definition like you're the author of your own book like you know just just write your own story however you want to and just don't let others because sometimes we live in like social media world or so much noise or from close cultures like families you know you're not successful if you're not a doctor or a lawyer or an engineer you know things of that nature like just don't let people define your own definition of success life is too short you guys that's why i always ask this the last question i loved your answer so I know we're kind of coming down to the end of the interview. Um, I have like 100 more questions for you, Tim, which we'll, we'll ask that after this interview. But for the audience, I'll go ahead and attach all the information, you guys. Definitely look up Tim's Amazon uh, profile because he has all his books there. I'll go ahead and attach all the Resilience series, the Resetting Your Future series, and definitely connect with him on LinkedIn. He is very personable. He will get back to you himself. Um, and it which is amazing to think for somebody that is so busy, but also always finds the time for those people. He's very people, uh, people person, I would say. So, Tim, I don't know if you have anything else, but I think we're we covered a lot.
1: We did. Whoo, what a ride!
0: Shush. <laughs> You guys are welcome. Well, for you, my listeners, like I said, go ahead and make sure to tune in every Tuesday on RM Podcast FL, wherever you get your podcast juice from. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, give us a five star, write a short comment, tell us we're doing awesome and what you've learned for whatever episode you listen to, as well as go ahead and subscribe to www.connectwithromina.com subscribe there so you can always stay up to date with our new projects that we're launching as well as you can listen to all new episodes and every Tuesday. Don't forget you guys, I have nothing else to say, but you have an awesome day and go ahead and jump up some music after this interview and start dancing and then continue with your day Tuesday or whatever day it is. Sounds good, Tim. Beautiful. Have a great one, you guys.